All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another day of Saber Sims DFS Office Hours. It is Wednesday, February 15th of 2023 here, winding down on the first half of the NBA season. We have a 10-game slate tonight, followed by a three-gamer tomorrow, followed by the NBA All-Star break. No NBA uh, like regular season games from February 17th through February 22nd. So we'll be a little slow on the NBA uh, discussions, but we'll still have plenty to talk about. We got hockey, we got golf, got NASCAR starting up this weekend. I believe we also have an MMA card. So it should still be plenty to talk about. For those of you who are new here, welcome. My name is Andrew, one of the coaches over here at SaberSim. This is a show where we go over how to use the SaberSim app, answer any and all DFS related questions that come in in the office hours channel in our discord server. There's a link in the description below to get joined in. If you are not in our server already, you can also ask questions live in the YouTube chat. We will get to all the questions before the end of the show. So to go along with our 10 game NBA slate, looks like we got a six game hockey slate. I know golf is teeing off tomorrow. So get your questions in now. Now is always a good time to get those questions in and keep us rolling here. Uh, had a couple questions in the Discord to get us started. And it looks like the first question came in yesterday from Moose Call. And the question was, uh, let me get Saberson pulled up actually really quickly here. Uh, question was, how much do the Sims take into account blowout risk when coming up with player projections? For instance, I feel like there's a very high likelihood the Bucks will blow out the Celtics tonight, given that Smart, Tatum, and Brown are all out for the Celtics, which would likely affect the potential upside slash fantasy points for a guy like Giannis, since he may end up playing less than 30 minutes rather than his average if the game was not a blowout. Uh, yeah, so I got back to Moose, uh, Moose Call yesterday, and basically what I said was that the Sims take into account a wide range of game outcomes. However, if you want to favor a certain type, the best way is to change the team totals closer to what you believe the actual score will be. By doing this, we will favor game Sims that are closer to that outcome when we go to build your lineups. So, so basically what happens is, you know, the team totals that you see will take this uh, Cleveland Philly game, for instance, where it's, it's about even 108.6 to 108.5. And this is the average score, the team scores across our entire Sims. You know, a team cannot score 0.6 points or 0.5, but it is just the average. Uh, if you think this game is going to be a blowout, and let's say you think Philly's going to win by 10, so you change it to uh, what would be 113 to 103 in favor of Philly, what we're going to do is that we are going to exclude some game sims where philly scores low and then we are going to exclude some game sims where cleveland scores high in an effort to get the new mean score closer to what you have set it at so by 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 changing the team totals that is in a way uh the best way to try and get a game script that you like so so that will lead to more sims along those score lines being used so that's why i suggest that but uh, good question there. Looks like uh, Moose Call was happy with the answer. If anybody has any questions about it, just let me know. But going to keep rolling here. Uh, next question came in from Brad 105 
And it looks like this is two questions here. First part is, are there any free-to-use sites like Basketball Monster, but for NHL? And yes, there is. Uh, the the most popular one, which M. Dumbluski was uh, nice enough to answer for me, is Left Wing Lock, LWL. It is a very popular uh, hockey website. They, they do a really good job of updating lines as news comes out throughout the day, throughout the night. And I, 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 I would definitely check out Left Wing Lock if you have not before. Second part of the question was, when you set your min and max exposures, is there a way to have your lineups being used to match the exposures? So I, I guess it depends kind of where you're setting it at, right? Uh, if you are setting it in the home screen, then, you know, that is like an input to the builder and the exposures that you set, the builder should like very closely reflect those in the post build. I wouldn't be like too hard and fast about it. Like, oh, I set 30 and it gave me, you know, 32%. Like, what is it doing? Like the builder is going to try and get you as close to those exposures as it can. I would say give it, you know, plus or minus 5%. In, in either direction and kind of be happy with that. Or, you know, you could also set it in the post build. We do like prefer users to set it in the post build. On Monday, Jordan gave a really good explanation of why that is uh, when talking about NFL showdown and, and some Super Bowl lineup review. Basically what can happen is that, you know, if you say uh, we have to use, you know, let's say 100% LaMelo, uh, lineups. We could take a sim where he does really bad, but now that you know he is basically being forced into the lineup, you know that is salary that is taken away from somebody else who could have had a good game. That is a positional, um, a, a position that that could have been used for somebody else who had a really good game in that scenario. So by setting those min and max exposures in the home screen, you are affecting uh, the sanctity of the builds uh, of the Sims a little more as opposed to just handling it in the post build. So I would always, I would always uh, suggest try to handle those adjustments in the post build first. And if you're running into issues, you know, make sure that you are building the max number of lineups uh, for your pool size for whatever plan you are on. And then if you're still having issues, then I would do it in the home screen. But I would take those first two steps of post build, increase pool size, then home screen, uh, then home screen min and max exposures. I think that is probably the right workflow, the right sequence to, to go through to get what you want. All right. Good question there. See, Brad, uh, scrolling down here. Next question is from Cash Money here. Cash Money said, how much does a golf model change each week given the course type? For example, does the weighting across the big four metrics of approach shots gained, driving short game and putting shots gained uh, change each week? Is there a video that talks about this? So yes, Cash Money. Uh, well, but first off, let me point you to a good YouTube video. We made a lot of adjustments to our golf model this year, and you could find that under playlists. And you can find it under Crush Golf DFS in 2023 with simulations. This is a breakdown we had um, in this top video here, this Discover the Power of Golf DFS Simulations. We had Will and Eric, our two data scientists, who basically built the golf model or revamped it uh, for this season. We had them on. They explained a lot about it. We use a whole, we use a uh, whole by whole sim 
and we we do take into account you know course changes like especially with the last couple of weeks you know player like um i think the last tournament was on three different courses you know they would play one course play a different course play the third course or um you know so 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 like we understand those splits we understand it for showdown uh you know really big part if like they're playing on one course that shoots easier than than another course that shoots harder that's really important for you know round one showdown round two showdown round three showdown whatever it is so we are taking into account the different course types how those courses play all of this um you know all of these statistics that that you're mentioning that is all worked into the model I would check out this discover the power of golf DFS simulations video. And then if you have any more questions like specific to, you know, kind of the golf model, I would throw it in the golf channel in the discord. Uh, our, our teams are around, you know, coming on these shows, you kind of only got to get access to me unless I have to go back to the team. But if you post questions in discord, uh, everybody gets to see that everybody on the Saber Sim team and they can jump in and, uh, respond to some of your questions in the discord that's that's another great part of being in the discord you know matt is really active ben's really active jordan's really active will and eric will jump in uh chris too scott too so you know you kind of get whole access to the team in the discord so i would check out this video uh but but you know just to answer your question one more time we are taking into account all of those things you said so hope that gives you a little bit of clarity and uh, gives you a little bit of a sigh of relief all right Simple Chef has a question here. Question is, with NBA being the least correlated sport, why would we have the correlation slider on at all? I'm sure there's a reason, but help me out. And it looks like uh, Average Tuesday and Kurt jumped in a little bit here. And it looks like Simple Chef has a second question. I'm going to answer this one along with uh, what Average Tuesday and Kurt said in the Discord, if anybody's interested and see what they had to say. They can uh, catch up on it in there. But yeah, so like, let's talk about NBA, right? NBA is a low correlation sport, but there are still correlations, right? And I think the most interesting interesting thing to, to kind of remember with, with NBA and kind of with the correlation slider is like, you know, the correlation slider is, is a multiplier, basically. And what it is going to do is it is going to uh, essentially we're going to, we're going to bucket the Sims. We're going to randomly sample the Sims. And then for uh particular, for, for the players that come out, we're going to provide a multiplier based on the correlations uh, to other players on, on their team, in their game, etc. You know, in basketball, there are not a lot of positive high correlations, but there are a lot of high negative correlations. So the highest positive correlation Kyrie Irving has is 0.05, but the highest negative correlation he has is to Luka Doncic at minus 0.11, which is about, you know, twice over two, two X, the positive correlation side. So, you know, what the correlation slider does most of the time, and in my opinion, is that it prevents you from getting these lineups that have two high salary guys that um, basically if one is shooting, that means the other is not. And that is less fantasy points for that other person. It does a really good job of keeping those kind of uh, players out of lineups or only playing them at a frequency where they overcome that negative correlation multiplier in the Sims. So 
you know, I think uh, basketball heuristic is like, don't play, you know, two players over like 10K salary or, you know, two players over 40 points. And people will set that as a rule on a traditional optimizer uh, that is not using simulations where it is harder to take into account the frequency at which, at which that makes sense to roster those players together by, you know, simming the games and by providing this uh, correlation multiplier, you know, they can show up in a lineup. We could provide the multiplier. It would probably hurt both of them. And then they could still be a good play. And then, you know, like, okay, they must have just like a really good game together. And it's not that these things never happen. They happen at a lower frequency. So a lot of people are like, you know what? Don't even let me take it into account. I'm just going to forget it. But with SaberSim, with the way we handle this, you are able to take it into account and play that combination at a rate that makes sense. So that's why I really like the way we handle it with the correlation slider. Another good thing to note about the correlation slider is that we don't really care about average correlations. We don't care how Kyrie Irving uh, correlates to the rest of his team. When he has a 25th percentile outcome, when he shoots really badly, scores really badly, the correlations that we care about are the correlations that players have to other players in the same game when they get their 95th percentile, when they get their 99th percentile, when they score really high, we, we want to know what those correlations are. So that's what our correlation slider does. It takes into account what we what we consider upside correlation and um, favors those outcomes and provides multipliers based on how players do when they score really well. So that is what is happening with the correlation slider. You know, it is at a low setting, but, but that only makes sense for the type of sport that we're playing here. We don't want, you know, big five game stacks, big four game stacks, like you would want in something like MLB. Uh, you know, when MLB comes around, you're going to see this slider get up to like seven, you know, six, seven, eight. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's relative to the sport. So I think the correlation slider does its job and is at a uh, necessary level for, for the sport type, but really good question there. All right. Uh, let's see. That is our last question in the discord. Looks like we have two questions in the YouTube chat. If anybody has any questions now is a great time to get them in here. Uh, first question was from Cortez Martin said, how do I upload exported projections correctly? When I tried to do it, uh, all it did was override the Saberson projections. How do I set it up to sort by average? Okay. Good question here. So if you, um, so, so, so the way you would do this, right? You would go to this upload button where it says upload player projections. You can either copy and paste in the data, or you can upload a CSV that you download and, uh, you know, you just upload it will match the column headers. I would always give the column headers like a once over here and just make sure that everything is matching up correctly. Then you hit save. What's going to happen is the uploaded data is going to go into this, my proj and my own column. Uh, from there, what you can do is if you are on the pro plan, you can save the projections or the ownership or both, and then you can name it, right? So I'm going to save it. And then, you know, I'm just going to say mock here. Uh, I'm going to hit save. It's going to create a new column that says mock projections. And then what I can now do once I hit save is I can average the two, uh, projections, which it, which is now this new average projection column. I can weight the projections to, you know, maybe I want to favor uh Sabersim like a, like a 75, 25 split here and then do something like that. I would, I would just have to name it and then I can just hit apply. And then now that, um, 
that weighted average is is an option for me to use here. So if you're these are these are things that you could do if you're on the Saberson Pro plan. I believe if you are not on the Pro plan, you, you do not have the ability to do the averaging and the weighting, but you can still use the upload column and then you can still use your custom projections uh in Saberson. So that is how I would go about doing that. And let me know if you have any follow-up, uh, Cortez Martin. All right. Next question here from Chase Holland said, is NASCAR a sport where the optimal is often what you need to win like a showdown? Uh, Chase, I would say that, you know, it. it is probably very close. Uh, usually in showdown, I mean, usually in NASCAR, depending on the race, you're going to have around like 30 to 40 drivers most of the time. So you, you might not need like the, the stone cold optimal, but you're going to need really close to it. Right. And then if like uh, the, the field is smaller, like we, like what we saw at the clash where there was only 27 drivers, you know, as that uh, pool size of drivers shrinks, you know, you're going to get closer and closer to the optimal. It, it's, it's a little hard to say. I think that, you know, building your lineups, to try and find the optimal, I think is probably best practice here. And I believe that's what like our simulations would show. So we don't have uh, projections up yet because nobody's gone through qualifying. We don't know uh, starting positions, et cetera. Once all of that data becomes available, we will have projections for Daytona. But if we just come in here really quickly and look at the sliders, you know, the sliders are going to be set to 0010. This is what this what this means is that we are taking single race optimals and building the optimal lineup, you know, with no correlation multiplier, with no ownership fade multiplier, trying to keep the sims as uh, you know intact or or maintain the sanctity of the sims as much as possible. So I think you can try and uh, approach NASCAR the same way that you would approach NFL Showdown or NBA Showdown or you know small field golf tournaments. Uh, where you're kind of hunting for the optimal is probably the best option here. I don't know you guys, but I'm looking forward to Daytona. You know, no uh, basketball this weekend, no football this weekend. You know, it is nice to have Daytona kicking off. Should be a fun weekend to play some NASCAR and, uh, you know, dip your toes in the NASCAR streets if you have not done so before. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with Joff Olson said, if you have time, I'm curious on filling lineups if you generate, say, 150 lineups, are you uploading your DK slash FanDuel entries and letting SaberSim fill that? Uh, really quickly before you answer that, Cortez said, thank you, that cleared up a lot for me. Yep, happy to happy to answer that and uh, happy to help you out. So uh, getting back to Olsen's question here, uh, filling lineups, right? So let's go over to NBA here. And basically what you would do is that you are going to go to over to this entries tab here. And then it says, to get started, upload your entries file. You're going to hit this download template file from DraftKings. What it is going to do is it is automatically going to download the matching uh, file for the slate up at the top. And then it will uh, download it. And then you can just drag and drop it into this field. I don't have any entries for today. I can see if I can just enter one of their free contests to show you exactly what that looks like. So I'm just going to like pull up the DraftKings app really quickly. I prefer to reserve on my phone. I find it easier than um, going online and like building a dummy and then entering it multiple times. I just scroll through here and uh, reserve with, with no entry and then get it uploaded. So I just did one entry right here. I'm just going to click this button 
it will automatically download the file for me. And then I can just drag and drop it in here. So now, boom, my entry file is loaded. I just have the one entry here, but that's fine. It could be, you know, as many contests as you're playing, there's like no cap here. And then what you would do is you would, you would build your lineups, you know, you would, uh, you would set your uh, contest settings and then hit build. You would come into the post build. You would, you know, make any adjustments that you need. You would adjustment uniques, whatever. Once you're good to go. Right. And I just have one entry here. So I'm just going to put one up at the top. Uh, you go over to this fill entries button on the right hand side. And then from here, it is going to, one, it's going to save the lineup file with all your changes that way. And that way you can always go back to it at a later time. And then you're going to hit fill. And then it's going to show the entries file that you just saved. It's going to show uh, your fill method. It's set to unique rank by default. And then you're going to just click this green button. It is going to fill the top lineup for however many lineups. And then you're just going to hit this download button down at the bottom. So you can either hit this download button or you can click this little sidebar that says download and open DraftKings. When you click this download and open DraftKings, it is going to take you directly to the page where you upload your CSV at. And it will download a file. You'll go to DraftKings. And then there will be a page that says upload entries, upload CSV. You just hit, click that upload CSV button. And then you just select the file that you just downloaded. It's usually like, uh, you know, I just, uh, in, in my file entry, it's always like uh, most recently downloaded is at the top. And then you just click that file and you upload it and then you're done. So that is how you do it. If you're looking for like a tutorial on how to do that, what I would suggest is, and I'm just going to pull this up really quickly here is on 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 your saber sim go to settings go to help and then it's going to pull up our uh support library what you can do is how to fill your entries right here it's a tutorial it's a it's a five minute video shows you how to upload for DraftKings, for fanduel for yahoo and how to get your entries from saber sim into the sites so i would check out this tutorial should be a uh helpful watch for for any questions that you may have along those lines so check that out and I'm going to get Saberson pulled back up here, but hope I helped you out there. If I did not, let me know. We can review it a little more. And next question here. Uh, question says, do you play NHL? If so, what kind of process do you follow? Thanks. So I, I'm actually not an avid NF, NHL player. Uh, I, I do have some tickets upcoming this week with NBA on break. FanDuel has been like running a bunch of satellites for, NHL, I believe, on Friday. So going to be uh, dabbling in it a little bit. I would say that, you know, if you're not somebody who is like an, an avid uh, NHL player, you don't know all the ins and outs, you don't know all the teams, I, I would suggest starting with like some type of stacking rule. And, and the reason I, I say that is because one, NHL is a highly correlated sport and, you know, I bet you probably like a lot of casual players, uh, enough of the field is probably not stacking where just having a baseline stack probably makes sense. And, you know, if, if I'm saying anything wrong, uh, Scott or, or somebody from the team who is a NHL player can probably correct me here. But I think that, you know, starting with some type of stacking rule uh, as a baseline is, is a good starting point, I guess is what I would say. So what, what I'm planning on doing is like 
setting some type of stacking rule. There was a question on here like a couple months ago where somebody was asking about, you know, how to set up a certain stack. I talked about it with Scott behind the scenes, and he said that uh, that type of uh, rule combination would probably be good for somebody who is uh, just starting out. So I'm, I'm, I'm actually going to pull that up, and we can talk about it a little bit here. So it looks like the first rule here that I am probably going to be uh, going with is two separate rules, at least three from the same power play line. That'll give you three to five correlated players from the power play line. Uh, D should be checked. Adjust to only allow power play one or both power play one and power play two to your preference. And then it says, I'm not sure exactly how to guarantee a D-man here without changing it to a five stack. So some manual view of the lineups ahead of time to only include those that include a, a defenseman as part of the power play stack might be necessary. And then second rule, at least two from the same EV line, you'll get two to three correlated EV players and make sure D is unchecked. Uh, I think that is like two good baseline rules that I would probably follow there. And I think that that could get you moving in the right direction. If you want to see what that looks like, it would look something like this. So if I go over to rule type, I'm going to go to stack. I'm going to say at least three from the primary team. And I'm going to make sure that defenseman is checked. And then I'm going to say must be on the same power play line here. And then uh, it should look just like that. Going to hit save. And then probably a second rule here where it's going to say at least two. And I'm going to uncheck defenseman here. Must be on the same even strength line. I'm going to leave all the lines checked and then hit save. So, you know, as far as my NHL process goes, it probably looks something exactly like this. But, you know, not not an avid uh, NHL user. You know, I'm, I'm sure, like, there are some of you in the community watching this that, that are not. I think this is a great starting point. Got this directly from Scott. Going to try it out. Going to check it out for myself and, and kind of see how that goes. But good question there. Happy to talk some NHL. We don't get to talk about it too much. All right. Uh, Joff Olsen said, I feel like when I do that, all of the generated lineups don't get used. Maybe I am missing something. Uh, so getting back to our NBA uh, fill entry method demo here. So one, I, I mean, it depends on two things, right? It depends on one, how many entries you have. And then we sum that for you up here at the entries tab. So if like this says, you know, uh, 20 and then, you know, you should always make sure that, uh, well, let me say this. We recommend building a unique lineup for every unique entry that you have. So if you had, you know, five single entries, then you should change your number of lineups up here to five and then put a unique lineup into each single entry here. And then, you know, if it's 20, do the same. But basically what's going to happen is when you come to this fill entries tab, uh, we use unique rank, which basically means that we are going to take all five lineups enter them descending in your contest. So if you had five single entries here, we would enter the first the, the first one on this list over here on the right on the screen. And then we enter the second one, the third one, the fourth one, the fifth one. If you had a six contest and we ran out of lineups, we would start back at the top and then begin filling them again. I think the only time that something could happen where you know not all the lineups are used is if you are building more lineups than you have entries. So if you're building you know, 150 lineups here, but you only are only playing 
23 maxes, then yeah, you're, you know, you're going to have like 60 entries, but 150 lineups. So 90 of the lineups are not going to be used. I think the only good thing about using unique rank here is that, you know, your top 20 are going to go into your first contest and then your second 20 and then your third 20. So like you're not skipping the highest Sabre score ranked lineups or however you're ranking your lineups. You're not skipping the best ones and then only playing ones like from the bottom if you were to use unique random, which is what could happen. If you are using rank, what is going to happen is that, you know, even if we had five single entries here, we are only going to use the number one lineup in every single one. So this will put your number one lineup, your number one lineup, your number one lineup. So one lineup will be used five times. So I would say be a little careful with using rank. We think unique rank is probably uh, is is the best fill method, which is why it is set as the default fill method. All right, uh, scrolling through here, uh, my man, uh, I'm not going to pronounce it because I don't want to get in trouble, uh, but said thank you, Andrew. So thank you. I don't want, you know, Google to, to take us down or anything like that. All right, Cortez Martin said, I was just looking through the app and noticed master upload. What is that? Any Anything important? Uh, yeah, so if you're on the pro plan, uh, you do have the ability to use a master upload. It is a new feature that we added. You know, a lot of players, especially on the pro plan, are playing multiple slates, multiple sites. It is pretty annoying to like, you know, there are eight slates on the on DraftKings for NBA tonight. Pretty annoying to have to go to each one and upload a new CSV uh, for the players playing on that game. What master upload does is uh, you have to enable it. So you come over here to the right, you hit enable master upload. And then you click on DraftKings, like the sites, and you go to master upload. This will let you upload a projection for each player for each site one time. And it, it'll it'll save, you know, the power users who are playing, you know, every slate, every site. It, it should save you guys a lot of time if you're using that. And, you know, you have all three sites here, DK, FanDuel. Yahoo. So that is what it does. If you are looking for a tutorial on it, Jordan did a great video uh, related to it. If you go down to our frequently asked questions, you go to view more. And then in our support docs, you can look up master upload and then it, how to use master upload. He just created the video this week. It is a new feature. It is a pretty powerful feature and should save uh, persons a lot of time there. But thanks for calling that out. We have not talked about it on the show yet uh yeah my man my man pittsburgh uh remembers uh us getting taken down a video taken down for 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 somebody with a uh, similar type of name so so glad you were around for that one uh joffles and said i must have done something wrong when trying this before thank you for explaining sir yep happy to help happy to give you guys a demo on on anything that you guys are having issues with all right that is our last question in the youtube chat hopping back to discord Looks like there is one more question from Simple Chef here. And the question is, on another note, where is the best resource to understand the best way to use late swap? Is there more to the controls other than hitting the late swap button? Okay, good question. So so first thing is, uh, you know, I'm happy, to, I'm happy to show, you know, late swap here. Uh, but if you are looking for information on late swap, I feel like I've, keep going back, but our sport docs have great information on late swap. So if you go to our tutorials, how to late swap, this will show you exactly how to late swap 
and uh, will be a, it's a short video. I believe it's only a couple minutes. Oh, actually, ten minute video. Jordan probably goes into a lot of depth here, but this is definitely a good watch for how to learn to late swap. But happy to show it here as well. So let me get the screen pulled back up. And as far as late swap, uh, let's see. I don't know if I had an entries file for one of the other days, but basically what, what's going to happen is it's going to be very similar to the way you build lineups pre-lock. What is going to happen once you know 7 p.m. Eastern comes is that we are automatically going to toggle on this late swap button. And from here, what we will do is we will analyze your CSV and we will see the number of unique lineups that you have. And then we will rebuild that many unique lineups for you over the size of your pool. So, so, you know, your pool size is 500. You have one unique lineup. We are going to rebuild that one unique lineup, uh, multiple, multiple times. And, you know, obviously like if, uh, this number was 10 here, uh, the way, the way our late swap works is that we are rebuilding each individual unique lineup a set number of times to give you options to apply min uniques, apply min and max exposures, things along those lines. So like if you had 10 lineups and we had a pool size of 500 here, we are, that means that we are rebuilding each individual lineup 50 times. And then that will allow you to do things in the post build uh, as far as min and max exposures, things like that. So we, we used to only rebuild each lineup in late swap one time. We now rebuild each lineup multiple times and give you a full pool of lineups. So it is a recent feature that we released, uh, been a big, big help, you know, to my individual process, heard a lot of great things about it from users in the community. So should feel really similar, you know, even if I toggle this on and, uh, just, just run a build here, I'm just going to do this like 20 lineups, uh, should feel really similar to the way lineups are built in the, in the pre-build. So, Another like big reason that we wanted to do that was to kind of like create some like consistency with how building lineups, how uh, managing lineups in in late swap in post lock feels for users. So this is what it looks like. I'd say the only big difference here is that there is no longer a fill entries button. You could just go straight to downloading your entries, and then from here you could just click this and then upload directly to the site that you're playing on. So which in this case would be DraftKings. So you just click the screen download. This will give you the CSV, and then you can just go straight to uploading it. But for, for more information on LateSwap, check out that 10-minute tutorial that I pointed out. All right, everybody. Uh, looks like that is our last question of the day. If you guys have any questions that uh, pop in your head throughout the day, throw them in the Office Hours channel. Get us a queue of questions to get rolling uh, for the start of tomorrow's show, we'll be right back tomorrow, Thursday, 2 p.m. Eastern for our Thursday show. Good luck in any NBA contest, in any PGA, in any NHL, whatever you guys are playing. So until tomorrow, take care and I will see you.